Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays, OTC listeners! Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast, See Your Life Today. And as I just freaking said, Happy Holidays to every single one of you. It is Christmas night, December 25th, 2021. With 2022 just around the corner, it's literally one week after tomorrow, no, one week from tomorrow, yeah, that's right, we're heading into 2022, and it's always funny to me that certain people always look forward to a new year when we're still trying to deal with the shit, especially with what happened in 2020 with corona and the shutdowns and the mandates and everything that's going on in between, but we learned, we adapted, and we do what we can to try to get things done, and get done we shall be. That doesn't make any sense, but you know what, it's fine. I'm just talking, I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking my heart out for you. I'm, I'm, I'm spewing out whatever it is that I'm feeling. I can just feel it in my bowels. That's the wrong thing to say, but hey, you know what, it is what it is. It is what it is. I want to give... A huge congratulations. Once again, I said it before and I'll say it again in my, I I believe, it wasn't the last episode that I did with my good friend Rod. It was the one before then where I said, congratulations to everyone that has worked on Spider-Man No Way Home. And I know I spoiled, well, we spoiled the shit out of it last time. But today, it is now set in breaking news. I wouldn't say breaking news, but it, it it was it was bound to happen. Spider-Man No Way Home has crossed a billion dollars at the global box office, and it only took one week. One week. A billion dollars at the global box office. I was trying to see the exact number. It wasn't really updated, but the last time it was checked was around $895 million worldwide. So... Even if it wasn't updated, it's still Chrono Cross a billion. And the fact that it hasn't even opened in China yet, oh my god. It might be, maybe, it can cross 2 billion after this month alone. Now, granted, I wanted to see it today with my Lazy Panda, but we were so lazy. Like, it's funny with Christmas because nothing is open, and there are certain movie theaters that are closed, but ours was open, and we thought to ourselves, you know what? It's raining, we're chilling, we're cleaning the house, let's just chill, let's just relax, let's just do what we want to do. So that's exactly what happened, and we pretty much rested. We were cleaning, we rested, and oh my god, did I get a bunch of shit I got a bunch of stuff. Primarily that had to do with Venom and Carnage because now my you know my girlfriend's family is realizing that I'm loving Venom a little bit more than Spider-Man even though I can both love them the same but when it comes to merchandise and art I I don't know what it is with me. I just love dark art. I own a ton of comics right now and most of them are from the New 52 version from DC Comics. I rarely have any 
Marvel Comics in general. Because for me, and this is just me personally, when it comes to Marvel Comics, they're too colorful, they're too light, they're too vibrant. While DC Comics are dark and realistic and brooding and, oh my god, I just love it so much. So... I know that I'm going to post pictures on my Facebook and probably one or two on Twitter later on. But for me, I just I just love things like that. I really do. So I definitely got a bunch of stuff. And I hope that you had a fantastic Merry Christmas as well. I hope that you personally have done everything you could to try to, you know, appease your family. Get the gifts that you need. Because I know freaking Amazon and, you know, the, whatchamacallit, the shipping dates. All of that has been going out of whack. But... You know what? It's the day that we celebrate the best we can. And tomorrow, I know I'm going to be spending time with my mom because I couldn't today, obviously, for various reasons. And let's see what happens after that. We'll see what happens with that after that. I've been trying to figure out exactly what I wanted to talk about today, you know, because with everything that's been going on and I don't know if you're getting fatigued. Maybe I'm slightly getting fatigued now continuing to talk about Spider-Man, even though I fucking love the character, but... I thought to myself, you know what, maybe I should do a top 10 favorite movies and a top 10 favorite shows, you know, rank them in, in sort of way, but I want to do that before the new year is done. So next Monday, I'm sorry, next Tuesday, I'm going to be doing and ranking my top 10 movies and next Friday, which is New Year's Eve, I'm going to be ranking my top eight comic book shows and rank them from worst to best and actually talk about that. Today, on the other hand, I wanted to do something new. For one thing, we're going to briefly talk about Hawkeye. We're going to get that out of the way because I really don't have much to say about the show. I really don't. And that, in addition, I will talk about the top five what-the-fuck moments, comic book moments of 2021. So it's going to be fun to reminisce on a couple of things. They're not in a particular order, but we're going to have fun with it. And there's no need for me to give a shout out. Like I said, I want to thank every single person that has worked on, you know, Spider-Man No Way Home. As I said, everyone that has worked from the choreography and the editing and the writing and directing and the acting and everything else that goes on. This movie was phenomenal and I still can't not stop thinking about it. If that makes any sense. I can't not stop thinking about it. (laughs) <laughs> I just love the movie. I really do. Even though I did have a couple of complaints about it, I'm still going to get it during DVD. At DVD. On DVD. Yeah, you know what I'm trying to say. But with that being said, let me not beat around the bush anymore. Let me go down into our Hawkeye review. And then we're going to go into our top five what the fuck moments of 2021. And that starts right in a bit. Hawkeye, the fourth show, the fourth, no, I'm sorry, the fifth MCU show, because I was going to say fourth, but the fifth MCU show of 2021, fifth if you include Marvel's What If, which we've been told many times that the show is now canon, and now we got Hawkeye, and 
I don't even know where to start with this. It's it's not that I hate it in terms of that's what's making me feel so hesitant to talk about the show. I just didn't think it had enough of a punch for me to truly be invested into the story. Now, I don't know if it was because I literally just finished coming off from seeing Spider-Man No Way Home and... Maybe I wasn't as invested as other people would be in terms of watching the show continuously, but I don't know. It, it The show, it wasn't bad. Let, let me get that out of the way. The show wasn't bad. It was just that moment where I'm like, okay, let me just enjoy it and not think too much about it, if that makes any sense. Which is weird, because I thoroughly enjoyed WandaVision up until the very last act, and we're going to talk about that later on. Trust me on that one. I somewhat enjoyed Falcon and the Winter Soldier when uh, myself and Jen Silverman, if you remember from earlier in the year, we spoke about that show, you know, in its entirety. And I also enjoyed Loki, but there were a lot of flaws in Loki that if you turn on your brain that you really, really have to think about, especially when it comes to certain things like the Infinity Stones being useless or the fact that there's no such thing as free will and everything that has been done up until that point is predetermined, which means there's no such thing. Which, it, 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 it was all going haywire up until a degree where it's like, okay, how much emotionally invested should I actually get within this show coming up? Especially when it comes to a character like Kate Bishop, which hasn't really been shoved down our throats as much as, let's say, Miss Marvel has, or Captain Marvel, or, you know, someone else for, uh, for that concerning. But the fact that there were so many rumors that's been circling around the show, certain cameos, and then certain events, certain things that was going on, and then I watched the trailer, and... Uh, I don't know, it it was just one of those moments where I just like, I liked it, and that's okay, if that makes any sense. Like, I'm not bitching about it, trust me. It's not a bad show, even though Rod literally yesterday told me that the show was trash, and I, Rod, dude, I love you, buddy, but I'm gonna have to disagree with you, and I disagree with him at that moment. You know, when we spoke about it a little bit yesterday, the show was okay. It was okay to me, It really, it really was. So, in talking about the show, really quick. So, obviously, this takes place after the events of Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame, and Hawkeye, Clint Barton, is now living his life and trying to enjoy Christmas when he realizes that Kate Bishop is another character, very skilled archer, not as skilled as he is, but very skilled archer, and they're trying to uncover a criminal conspiracy, and now he has no choice but to stay in New York City so he can help her get out of her shit because she got in her, uh, she got involved with her shit that's going on, and they have to work together in order to uncover whatever it is that's going on. So, that's pretty much the gist of it if you haven't seen it. And there will be some slight spoilers about the show, but uh, don't worry, I'm not going to be too hard on it or too harped about it. What really engages the show in it of its entirety is the chemistry that was non-existent at first in, in the first two episodes, which a lot of people can actually agree started off as very, very slow. It didn't have the emotional weight to pull you in to be like, okay, yes, this is something that I got to see for next week. No, it actually took a while to build up and it was slowly building. It really was. It kind of felt like... You know, and I know that some people actually talked about this, but it kind of felt like Clint Barton, the character, obviously, 
he didn't want to be there. I don't know if he didn't want to be in the show or if he didn't want to be like in the location that he was in, in terms of New York, in terms of everything. Because for one thing, looking at it through story-wise and story-based context, he wants to spend time with his family. He wants to be with his family during Christmas, especially right before any of this happened. And then it wasn't until someone, Kate Bishop, came in wearing the Ronin costume and then he realizes that, oh yeah, his past is coming back to haunt him. Especially since when he was Ronin at the time during the events of Avengers Endgame, he killed people, he made enemies... And he essentially wants to bury his past behind him, which I have to say is a good motivation for him, especially with everything that happened with him, Natasha's death, saving the world, losing Tony Stark and everything else and the Avengers are splitting up and now he doesn't have his family anymore. It actually makes sense that he needs to stay behind and ensure that his past that has a lot to do with the Ronin costume has to stay buried completely. Kate Bishop, on the other hand, the story in a way was really much about her. Actually, no, let me rephrase that. The story was divided. The story was divided. It was between, you know, Hawkeye wanting to be with his family and Kate Bishop looking up to Hawkeye wanting to, you know, be her own person and wanting to be a hero because it's it's one of those moments every now and then. And I remember speaking about this at one point. This show definitely insinuates that it's trying to set up the Young Avengers. It's, it's trying to set up the future heroes that we will come to know and come to care about. And if you truly think about it, it goes from anybody to Morgan Stark, if she comes back at one point, uh, Cassie Lang, Kate Bishop, you know, Tom Holland, Spider-Man, if you count him since he is a young character it's really trying to set up the young Avengers. miss marvel you know that's that's another one it's really trying to set up the young avengers and it's trying to set up the future in terms of where the mcu is going to go from this point forward and kate bishop being a character that doesn't have superpowers but relies on her skills her archery skills in order to get things done then it can work if the story actually makes sense after the conspiracy that was going on in terms of making sure that this tracksuit gang or whatever the hell they're called is trying to kill him because a character, Echo, wants to take revenge because of something that happened to her father, which we saw that Ronan killed her father, but as we know, Ronan was hired by the big guy. And I did spoil about this in my last review so it's no surprise, especially with the internet that's going on, the big guy we know is now Kingpin. By the way, seeing Vincent D'Onofrio in the show, awesome. Really awesome. But then when I saw Vincent, when I saw Kingpin, I'm thinking to myself, is this the same Kingpin from Daredevil? Uh, you know, the Marvel series Daredevil? Or is this a different incarnation, a different version of Kingpin? And the reason why I ask that is because it's it's there was a scene in the show at the season finale where Eleanor Bishop, Kate Bishop's mom, essentially says, I quit, I want out, I don't want anything to do with this anymore, I'm out, peace out. The real Kingpin in, Mar and when I say real Kingpin, I mean from Marvel Netflix, the real Kingpin would have had her killed like that no mistake about it i mean this is the same guy 
that literally crushed a guy's head with a car door, slamming his head repeatedly. And I don't think Kingpin is above killing women. I mean, Kingpin is going to do whatever he wants to get the job done. And if he feels that someone has betrayed him in some way, especially like through many occasions, he's going to have it taken care of and there's not going to be anyone to stop him. So it's still weird to me. You know what? That's the wrong word. It's different. It's different to me that you have a character that is this cold-blooded entrepreneur that the only thing he really, really cares about is power, control over New York City, and the love of the love of his life, Vanessa. He has not mentioned Vanessa at all in the series finale. He only cares about Eleanor, but actually, no, he cares more about you know Maya, who's Echo. He cares about her in some capacity. And there was some talks behind the scenes, behind the show scenes that was going on is be like, well, maybe he disappeared during the blip, you know, the snap, the decimation and or maybe his competition disappeared or his company disappeared or the people that he was working for disappeared and he's trying to get his city back. That's one way to look at it. But I don't want to be fed that information. I want to see it. I actually want to, you know, maybe have. Kingpin have a flashback in some sense. But that's about Kingpin and maybe we can talk about certain theories from that point on. This show was all about building the chemistry that Hawkeye has with Kate Bishop. That Clint Barton and Kate Bishop have together. Because of the emotional loss that Clint Barton actually had from Natasha... You can very tell, you can you can very tell like that makes sense. You can tell right away that he has been secluded and he isolates himself. He keeps all of his emotions bottled in. He doesn't want to work with anybody because he realizes that he doesn't want to lose any more people. He's already lost so much as it is, especially with the events that's been going on. And you can tell from the very first episode when they had that bullshit Avengers musical. I don't know what the hell that was. And the fact that they even had the balls to do that during the series finale mid credit scene as a joke, I think I would have taken Captain America's uh, meme or, or thing where he's like, so, you stayed here and watched all the credits or something along those lines, right? You know exactly what I'm talking about. I feel like that was a slap in the face to the fans. It really was. But as I was saying, this show primarily focused on the relationship build between Clint and Kate Bishop and... Uh, like I said, it was slow at first, but it was the kind of character development that Clint had, that Clint needed in order to let people in again and try to deal with the emotional trauma of losing his best friend, of losing someone that meant so much to him. And the fact that it was Kate Bishop's, her character development in terms of realizing, yes, being a hero is maybe something that you want to do, but there are consequences to that. There's so much that you can lose, especially when it comes to doing the right thing. And we've seen that with the series finale when it came to her doing the right thing against uh, Kingpin, against her mom, against other people. And through that aspect, it actually fit very well for me. Echo was a good treat. And when I say good treat, I mean she was a great addition to the show. Um, I did love the fact that she is now coming to the realization that things are not always what they seem 
and the fact that she's been lied to her entire life, which always happened to some characters, and now she's going to get her own show. Most likely, are going to have Daredevil into the show as well. And I think there were some rumors that he's going to be donning the red and yellow outfit instead of all of red. Why? Why? I I I don't I don't get it. I really don't. But anyway, yeah. So she's going to have her own show. I loved Yelena. I I loved her in Black Widow. And I love her in this. And the fact that the scene, I believe it was episode 5, where she, it's the macaroni and cheese scene where she's talking to Kate Bishop. And, you know, she was just, she's being herself. And it's, and it's those moments that the, the back and forth chemistry that she has with Kate Bishop was fucking awesome. It really was. Like, I'm not, no disrespect to a lot of females out there, even though I'm in a relationship, who really cares? I'm not really into blondes that much, but Yelena, oof, take my breath away. Florence Pugh does that character justice. Oof, love Yelena, the new bae. What's up? <laughs> so yeah, she was a great introduction to the introduction. She was a great addition to the show, and... Uh, I really liked her back and forth. And I love the fact that the show primarily focused on giving Natasha the send-off of what she truly needed. Especially since she has affected so many people in her own way. You know, the Avengers and her two closest people that mean so much to her, Clint and Yelena. And the fact that they were able to bury the hatchet, you know, with each other. And the fact that, you know, there were certain callbacks to the whistle to, you know, telling stories with each other. It w- it was really a heartfelt moment. And I have to say, this season finale of the show was probably better than the other live-action shows from Marvel. And that's saying a lot. It really is. Now, I really have to dissect next week in terms of which ones that I like the most. But overall, Hawkeye wasn't it wasn't terrible, you know. The whole LARPing thing to introduce those characters, I I understand this is a Christmassy show and it's a family event. I get that, but you know, the whole LARP thing, and I get it's a real thing, it, that didn't phase me at all. The uh, subplot with her dad, or not her dad, I'm sorry, her mom's new boyfriend, that he could potentially be the killer. I know he's a character, I think he's the swordsman in the Marvel comics, and, you know, he could be a potential bad guy, it turns out he wasn't, he was framed, but he was like, you know, very mustache twirled, be like, ha ha ha, you know, like, ha ha ha, you know, shit like that, I, I don't know, it, it was, that subplot just didn't, it didn't really go anywhere, I mean, it was just halted, right then and there with the simple explanation and again it didn't really do anything for me it really didn't um aside from that and i know they did not kill off kingpin they they did not kill off when you it's in many many cases when it comes to movies or when it comes to shows in general when you pan away from someone about to be killed you know damn well they did not die unless you saw it and even then and why would they want to kill off Kingpin right then and there? Why? Why? They don't. They do not. And it'd be stupid for them to do that. Overall, the show was okay. Maybe I need to think long and hard about it a little bit more because I literally just finished it a few days ago. But the show was okay. That's all I can say. The show was okay. 
And so that's all there is to it. I know I went on a little bit longer than I thought, but now it's time for me to talk about the top five what the fuck moments of 2021. And I'll be right back. So now we are heading to a new year and it's always great to like look back and just think and reminisce about all of the crazy shit that has went down and happened in 2021. And it's also one of those moments where you know a lot of bunch of a bunch of stuff actually happened but this was the moment where I'm like you know what I I got to talk about these one more time because some of them I found hilarious. There may be one or two that I may have a different opinion on from my last review, but here are my top five what the fuck moments of 2021, the what the fuck comic book moments. And I have to say, first and foremost, they are not in any particular order. You know, I just list them and it's still outright funny to me. Number one. Scarlett Johansson versus Mickey Mouse. You remember that, right? Oh my goodness. When her movie got released simultaneously on Disney Plus and the movie theaters, and after it did not do as well as we thought it would, we being other people, Scarlett Joe, our beloved Black Widow, decided to go after Mickey Mouse. <laughs> she decided to go after Mickey Mouse. Now, I knew right then and there when I heard that news, when I heard of it, I'm like, dude, how long do you really think this is going to take? <laughs> how really you think it's going to take years? No, they're going to figure it out. She's going to get her money. I think she only got paid like less than $50 million or something along those lines. And I said it, you know, I'm on both sides here. I'm I'm the monkey in the middle. I'm not afraid to admit it. I'm the I'm the monkey in the middle because I see both sides here. You want to you want to, you know, get paid for everything they're worth. Fine. Awesome. Dandy. You do you boo boo. Do you boo boo. But at the same time, and as I said before, it's hard to sympathize with someone that is worth over $160 million. And she wants another 30, 40, 50 million dollars, bro. What? But it worked out. They made a deal. I still speculate, even though it hasn't hit the news yet. And I couldn't be completely wrong, but I still speculate that she is going to either produce, direct a project in some way, shape, or form. It might be an all-female thing, or it might be a series. It might be a trilogy. Who the fuck knows? But I do know that what she got paid is way more than what... I'm sorry, let me rephrase that. What she got was way more than what she got paid. So, I just found that that entire thing funny. And there's a strong argument that Black Widow beat Mickey Mouse. They beat him. They beat him. Because let's face it, Disney was going to lose way more than they intended to. No matter how much they want to say they won't, it, it would have been ended bad for them. It really did. The number two what the fuck moment, like I said, is no particular order. But the next one that 
I was like laughing my ass off. Batman giving oral sex to Catwoman is an absolute no-no. Come on, tell me you remember that story. I don't remember when it was, but it was sometime around either the middle of the year and they were making this whole thing, that DC Comics was making the whole thing where Batman apparently going down on Catwoman is like, it's like a no-no and they had, you know, the news articles and they had Variety and they had, you know, all these popular articles, pop, not popular articles, but all these organizations coming in and someone actually gave a statement about this. And if I recall, if my memory recalls very, very carefully, because this was, this was like blow your mind types of news where superheroes do not do that. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, what? So, so hold on, hold on. So you mean to tell me that you can have characters that could do whatever hell it is they want in other variations, whether it's murder, uh, crime, beating up people for a living, or whatever the case may be, but Batman giving oral sex to Catwoman, a character that he's potentially in love with for many, many years. You mean to tell me that he that he does not do that? Really, my guy? Really? Even though there was at one point in the comics, and I remember this very well, where there was at one point where Nightwing actually got raped by a female like, yeah, she raped, like, she forced him to engage in sex. And even though she's a bad guy, it doesn't fucking matter. Reverse rape happened. And you got Wonder Woman to commit reverse rape in your own movie of Wonder Woman 1984? You mean to tell me that you can do that? But you can't have Batwoman lick the down there of Catwoman? Did I just say that both? I, I'm sorry. I, I <laughs> For Batman to actually go down on Catwoman, you mean to tell me that you couldn't do that? What? What? Where are the double standards? What? Oh my goodness. This story blew my mind. It really did. And it's one of those moments where I'm like, you know what? Whatever. Okay. You know, maybe he's against that. Is there a reason why does he not have the time? Maybe he doesn't do that because he feels like it's beneath him. You can give that reason, okay? Because I know some guys that refuses to go down on their woman. It happens. It happens. But you can't give an excuse saying, oh, superheroes don't do that. What do you know? Oh my goodness. And it's funny that I'm so passionate about something like this because we actually treat them as real people. And in a way, we do actually treat them as real people because these are people that we actually inspire to be one day. Maybe not a crime fighter wearing a rubber suit going out and fighting bad guys on any given night. No, no, no. I'm trying to say is we inspire to do great things, to inspire hope, to do better, maybe to work out, to like, you know, save people, to actually be a hero. And if you're saying that heroes... Don't do that. Okay. Should we say the same thing about women too? Should we say the same thing about female superheroes? Should we say the same thing about, you know, sexual orientations? Like, where do where does it stop? <laughs> where does it stop here? Oh my goodness. Like, that story was crazy to me. Speaking of sexual orientations, this is the next one that really blew my mind. And this is a two-parter, but it falls in the same category. Superboy, that is now... In certain comics, certain 
like now the new Superman, Jonathan Kent, and Robin, Tim Drake, are now bisexual. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. So, it, you know what? I'm going to throw in there's two. It's a, it's a three-parter. It's not enough to make Loki bisexual in his own show. And everybody was all in arms with it. Oh my god. Oh, oh thank you so much. Oh, Loki, yes. Yes, he's now bisexual. We got one, people. We got one. Who fucking cares? Who cares? Oh my goodness. It is unbelievable. It's unbelievable that you can have decades of a comic when it comes to certain characters no mentioning about their sexual orientation at all and yet all of a sudden this is brought up out of the blue why why is it brought up and for those of you that are listening to this and think that i'm bitching and that i'm hating about them being bisexual trust me i could give two shits what i am bothered what i am bothered about is why is this hitting news like, 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 why? What? Why is this even a thing? Batwoman was bisexual for, or well, bisexual or lesbian? No, she was. I, I'm ninety percent sure she's lesbian. I haven't read a lot of Batwoman comics, but I'm ninety percent sure she's a lesbian. You had a superhero that was part of the LGBTQ community. You had another superhero that's part of the LGBTQ community for many, many years, and now all of a sudden you gotta want to bring in Superboy and Tom Drake, Tim, Tom Drake, Tim Drake into the fold. Like, why? What is the reason? If this is your way of trying to sell more comics to have a variety of viewership or have a variety of people that can actually listen to it or read it and be like, hmm, you know what? Yeah, I will read that and I will do that because I identify myself as that character. You should not identify yourself with the character based on their sexual orientation. You should identify as the character based on what they do, what they are doing, what they stand for, you know? But... Who the hell am I to say to each to each their own? There are some people that identify with Miles Morales because of the color of his skin, which I get it. I get it because we never had a black Superman before Miles, uh, a black Superman, a black Spider-Man before Miles Morales. To my knowledge, I'm sure we didn't. We didn't have anything like that. So why should sexual orientation be any different? I get it. I get it. I'm looking at the other side of the coin too. All I'm saying is. Why even bring it up? Why is this headline news? Why are people making a big fuss about it? You know, and it's one thing about the media, and maybe it is when it comes to other people where, hey, Superboy's bisexual. Okay, cool. Kudos. All right, sweet. Like, why are you telling me this? Hey, Tim Drake is bisexual. Okay, that has never happened before ever in comics. Why not create new characters? Why not create new characters and make them the main focus? Why take certain characters that we've already known for decades and change them into something that modern day people and people that have been huge fans of the characters now all of a sudden change them? And I get it. They shouldn't change them based on their sexual orientation. I get that because it's a two-parter here. It really is. Maybe this does bother me way more than what I thought, you know? But like I, like I said, at the same time, you got Loki now, you got Superboy slash Superman, Jonathan Kent, and you got Tim Drake Robin, now all bisexual. Okay, great. Why is it a point to make a big headline out of it? You know what I mean? Like, if they would have done it 
throughout all of comics for many, many years, and we've established that knowledge from a long time ago, then yeah, I would be more inclined to be accepting to it because it's who they are. But then all of a sudden, these new issues just came out of nowhere, a new show just came out of nowhere, and now all of a sudden, they had to make it a big point to ourselves, and the media force-feeds it down our throat. That's what I'm concerned about. That that's what that's what really bothers me. If I'm being completely honest here, that's what really bothers me. The fact that, you know, if they want to be bisexual, they want to be gay, queer, trans, whatever. But the fact that the media and people blows it up and make it a big thing when it shouldn't be a big thing, that's what's upsetting to me. That really is. You know, you didn't see Miles Morales having a huge jump because he was a black Spider-Man. No, you saw Miles Morales having a huge jump because he is now a new Spider-Man and it actually showed to us that anyone can be Spider-Man. You got females, you got, you know, uh, uh, other Latino Spider-Man, you got all these other characters. And then you have, you know, maybe I'm contradicting myself. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm contradicting myself, and maybe it shouldn't bother me as much as much as it does. But it does. It really does, because okay, the news just hits out, and all of a sudden this is the thing. So, I don't know. Maybe I need to look at myself in the mirror and find out why is this really bothering me, you know? Or maybe it's the fact that I just take these characters that. I've liked for so long and now something changes and it's like, okay, why now? And speaking of why now, here's another thing that was interesting. The woke media, and we're going to go right back into it, truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. So it's not truth, justice, and the American way. Oh, no, no, no. Superman's motto has changed from truth, justice, and the American way into truth, justice, and a better tomorrow. Why? What was wrong with the American way? Is it because you don't want to seclude Superman in being the U.S.'s hero? Is it because that you want him to be a representation of the entire world? Is it because you got so woke to the to the fact that you want this to be represented by others? Like, and again, I'm trying to calm myself down here a little bit. You know, I really am, especially when I'm like reminiscing so much about these news and everything that goes on in between. But Superman, his original comics, his first appearance comics, if memory serves me correctly, was 1939. And throughout all of media, throughout all of the movies and throughout all of the the exposure that we've gotten to Superman from the movies to the animated shows and everything else that is in between, and that came after, it was always truth, justice, and the American way. He showed us that we should be proud in being who we are, proud in being an American, proud to to saving the day every single day, a character that inspires hope to always do the right thing, an alien that crashed down onto Earth and fucking, you know goes on uh, uh, getting raised in Kansas and, and actually living like a human and doing the right thing every single day up until his counterpart, you know, Lord Superman being in the Injustice storyline, but that's neither here nor there. You know what I'm trying to say. So, the fact that this just came out of nowhere, it's mind-boggling to me. 
And again, why even change it? What was so wrong with that original statement? What was so wrong with it? Now, I don't remember what review I gave it the last time. Maybe I did say that it didn't really bother me. Well, guess what it does? I don't like change. You know what? That's what it comes down to. That's what it really comes down to when, a certain, when it comes to certain characters. I don't like change when it comes to characters. I don't like change when it comes to their mottos. I don't like change when it comes to certain things about them. Especially when it comes to decades of storytelling and decades. Maybe that's the main reason why I was baffled on the whole Robin. And first of all, if Jonathan Kent wants to be by. Fuck it, let him be. Let him be by whatever. He's Superman. He's gonna be. He is the new Superman now. He's a, essentially a new character. You know, he's dawning on the mantle of Superman after his father Clark Kent. So if he wants to be by, fuck it, he wants to be by. But Tim Drake, Tim Drake, the third Robin, a character that we've known for many many years, all of a sudden this happened. Like I don't like change when it comes to certain characters. I felt the same way when I heard about the Loki thing. I felt the same way when it when I heard I forgot what it was about a different character, but I I don't remember what it was. I have to uh, Oh, yes. So this neither here nor there and I understand the recast. Recast. There we go. Recast. I don't like change when it comes to recast. I don't like change when it comes to changing, you know, appearances when it comes to characters. I don't like change whenever you have to um make them of what they were and then make them of what they're not anymore. Case in point, Batwoman. Yes, I have not seen the show. I get it. I have not seen the show, but when Ruby Rose, when Ruby Rose was casted as Batwoman, I was one of her main supporters. I didn't give a fuck about her sexual orientation. I didn't give a fuck about the fact that she was a woman. I didn't give a fuck about any of that. The fact of the matter is that she pulled off that character well, well, in the crossover episodes when it came to the CW Arrowverse in general. But then when they replaced her with another individual that has no in inclination what inclination with the comics, a black Batwoman um that in my opinion is inferior to Ruby Rose, it bothers me because it changed. They really did. Think of this way. Imagine if you had Green Arrow Oliver Queen as Green Arrow, right? And then all of a sudden you make John Diggle his right-hand man, the new Green Arrow, and now the show was going to be revolved around him as the new Green Arrow going forward. That would bother me. It really would. Because that's not Green Arrow. Green Arrow was Oliver and always will be Oliver Queen. Now... I have not seen the latest episodes up until this point. I, I, And it's one of those things where I don't like change when it comes to certain characters. I don't like change when it comes to certain stories. When they killed off, um, what's her face? Black Canary in the CW show, in the Arrowverse show, and they replaced her with someone new that was not Laurel, but was a different name and a different person, it bothered me. It really did. When they made um uh red uh, not I'm sorry, Green Arrow's sister Speedy, not Red Arrow, but Speedy, a different inclination, it kind of bothered me. You know? 
And uh, I don't know. I don't like change. <laughs> I'm sure I've said that quite enough as it is. I, 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 I just don't like change. I'm not trying to come off as a hater on any person's sexual orientation or color of their skin or anything like that. If, if it comes out that way, then I do apologize. Okay? That's not what I'm trying to say. Superboy, if he wants to be gay, fuck it. Let him be gay. Okay? Because he's not Clark Kent. If Clark Kent came out of nowhere and he and, and Clark Kent, if Clark Kent as Superman, someone that we've known for a long time, came out as, oh, I'm gay now, I'm dumping, you know, um, Lois Lane and I'm with, you know, Jimmy or whatever, that would fucking bother me. But because it's a new character, you know, Jonathan Kent as Superboy, I didn't really, even though I did rant on about it for the past few minutes, I didn't really felt as strongly about that as I did with Tim Drake's Robin. You know what I mean? Because he is with Stephanie Stephanie Brown. Spoiler. He's with Stephanie Brown. So when they made Loki bisexual, I'm like, of course, it's Disney. It's, you know, shoving diversity down our throats. Okay, okay, sure, why not? Why the fuck not? But then again, I thought about it, wait, it's Loki. And Loki has always been a character to... Tech, I forgot which actual term it was for his sexuality, but he kind of fucks anything. He fucks horses or goats or whatever. And he really doesn't base his sexual gender on anything. So maybe that's why it didn't really affect me when they came out of nowhere where he's like, oh, um, uh, women or men, I like them both. Like, it didn't really affect me as much because in the comics, he was that character, you know. But Tim Drake, I, I don't know. Anyway, goddamn, I just went on a hell of a rant there. Jesus, I'm... <laughs> I don't like change when it comes to certain things, especially mottos. I, I just don't. I don't. You know? Now, is that the same as, let's say, you know, anything else that's related to it? Like a new Batman. I remember there was a black Batman at one point with the new uh, comic book series that comes out. No, because those are new comics with new heroes, a brand new storyline. Okay, so it's different to me. And it doesn't really affect me as much because... You know, we have Batwing, who's also a black character that's become Bat... Uh, not a Batman character, but you know what I'm trying to say. So that, so that I, I don't give a fuck about. But like I said, when it comes to characters that we've been known for a very long time, and you change something about them, their motto, their sexual orientation, you know, how they are, it... I get it, it's a double-edged sword. It really is. Anyway, let me not speak any more about it because I know I'm just going to get fucking ridiculed in the comments and I know a bunch of you are going to hate me as it is. I'm just speaking my mind even though if I don't make any fucking sense. It really doesn't. Last thing that I want to talk about that was actually part of the show and I did say that we were going to talk about this. Quicksilver slash Ralph Boner. Oh my goodness. I can I can just remember. I, I, I can just remember watching WandaVision we're intrigued by the storytelling. We're intrigued by everything that's going on. And when the reveal happened that, you know, Pietro, Evan Peters was going to come back as Quicksilver, 
the same character that we saw from the X-Men and he made it into WandaVision. All of the theories from people, the diehard fans, the hardcore fans, the casual fans, they were collecting as one. And I saw the reactions. I even reacted at one point. Oh my goodness, it was awesome. It really was. It was one of those moments where it's like, yes, yes, we're finally entered. If anyone can introduce the X-Men, it could be him. Why not him? Introducing the X-Men into the MCU, yes, yes, and yes. And then all of a sudden, it was through the black magic of Agatha Harkness controlling him and giving him superpowers, super speed to make it look like she was her brother. Using our knowledge of the character and the actor to their advantage and then we got what we got. You can imagine how many people got pissed off about this. You can imagine of how many people got infuriated on how that ending was handled. And how that reveal was handled as well. And you can just imagine the pissed off people where it's like, so you essentially, you knew how it would react and yet you did it anyway. And it was one of those moments where I thought to myself, I'm like, huh, how could there not be one person in the writing room or in the callback station or whatever the hell you call it behind the scenes to raise up their hand and be like, don't you think this would piss off a lot of people? There had to be one person that would say that. There had to be one person that would do that. And then to make you know, adding insult to injury where Evan Peters just comes out of nowhere and he's like, oh yeah, it was actually pretty funny. And then he came out around either a week or a month later. He was like, actually, that wasn't really intended. We just went out of time because of COVID. So we had to, we, we got what we got. Bad move, bad move, Disney, bad move. Now in the context, I get it. Maybe opening up that can of worms to the X-Men coming in, especially when it comes through Quicksilver, knowing full well that there are two of them, one from each universe, one from Fox, one from the MCU. I get it. You know, I, I get it. I get it. And in the context, it actually makes sense because it's a television show and characters, when it comes to actors, characters get recasted all the time. So it actually makes sense in the context. But using our knowledge, the fact that we were such diehard fans of this character where he is the best Quicksilver out of anyone that we've seen and used it against us all for the sake of a twisted, cruel joke. Not worth it, guys. Not worth it. Oh, my goodness. Maybe it's actually good that they won't come for season two. I'm hoping that he comes back again. And maybe we can see him in the multiverse of madness for Doctor Strange. It's highly unlikely, but that's kind of what I'm wanting for right now. That really is to it. And that's all there is. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know I just went on a rant. And it may sound like I hate... You know, the fact that they decided to change characters based on their sexual orientation. Like I said, and I do apologize for how it came out that way. I really am. And I'm just being honest. It's not 
once again, there were two things that really bothered me. Number one, and I have to reiterate this, so I don't want to get canceled. I don't want anyone to try to, you know, ban my episode or anything like that or try to me, you know, being a hate crime, whatever the case may be. No, what I'm trying to say is this. If it really did not make much of an impact, there was no need to report it. There was no need for the media to blow out of loop. And if you wanted a character that we would connect to, we meaning, what not we, me being a part of them, but the LGBTQ or anybody else that's not part of the community and you wanted someone to actually connect with the character themselves, do something more than just the color of their skin, sexual orientation, or anything that falls in line with that. That's all I'm trying to say. And if you're going to change a character's motto, or you're going to change something, at least let it make sense. And not because you want to appease diversity. If you're going to change something of a character in the context of storytelling, whether it is whatever it is, you want to change the character because, you know, um, they, they went into retirement or maybe they died or anything along those lines, that's fine. But what you don't do is change something just because you want to increase diversity and try to appease the masses. If that makes any sense, I'm hoping it makes sense. That's, that's really the point that I'm trying to get at. So, like I said, if you agree with me and you disagree with me and you want to call me out on it and you think that I'm hateful in some other way, then by all means, let me know. Hit me up, Voice of Garcia on Twitter and Instagram. And let me hear your thoughts and we'll have a civil conversation about it. And maybe you can tell me something that maybe I'm not seeing. Because like I said, my podcast is all about looking at the different side of the coin. You got to turn the page, turn that comic book page. And that's about it. And that's about it. There's not going to be a superhero quote of the day. But I do want to say this, guys. 2022 is just around the corner. And I know each and every one of us has been through a lot, a lot of highs and a lot of lows, but we're over just over a week away from New Year's and I want to thank you for continuing to be with me on this journey, for helping me and being patient with me. I know I've been very inconsistent as of late, especially when it comes to dropping podcast episodes, but you know, I'm human like everybody else. And I have so much going on in my life and I'm trying to organize my time management as best I can. But even if it's just one of you that this helps, that can help you get through your day, that can make you laugh and make you smile, make you angry, make you cringe, whichever the case may be, I'm thankful. And I'm thankful to continue to do this. It's not profited. I don't have sponsors yet, but you know what? That has still not stopped me from doing what I do best, and that's talk about what I love to talk about, and that's comic book content. 157 episodes. I'll be lucky if I can't even get to 1,000. So, once again, guys, thank you so much for continuing to come with me, to continue to come with me, to be with me, and next week is going to be a doozy. As I said, Tuesday, we are talking the top 10, organizing the top 10 movies, comic book movies of 2021 and Friday New Year's Eve we will talk about the top eight comic book shows of 2021 so with that being said 
once again, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Kwanzaa. Uh, if you're Jewish, I I don't know what I don't know what it is for Jewish people. I really don't. But whatever you celebrate, Happy Holidays to all and to all a good night. And remember, when it comes to news, games, shows, movies, whatever the case may be, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it, controversial or otherwise, like I did earlier. Stay safe. Till next time, I'm done, I'm through, peace out.